Are you thinking of switching over and becoming a single income family? Today, we'll break down the strategies and tactics you can take to make this transition much easier on your finances. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. There are many great reasons why a family may decide to transition to a single income. For some, they're anticipating kids, and one of them will be staying at home to care for them. Others may be thinking of a career switch, and so they're going to go back to school either for a certification or a degree. Or you've decided to start a business, and so it's more practical to budget for one income while that business gets off the ground. For us personally, it was a bit of a necessity. At the time we were married, I was wrapping up my senior year in college and was working as an intern. The pay was good, but there was no guarantee it would continue beyond the semester. We decided to play it safe and base our budget on one income. Looking back, that decision has been a game changer for us. We actually decided to use that as the basis for our family finances. We kept that mentality of basing our essentials on one income and then use the second to speed things up, like paying off debt, savings, and yes, having some fun. Any of these cases may be true for you. So how do you make this transition work, especially when it comes to your finances? Joe Mecca from Coastal Credit Union is back on the podcast to share his take as his family recently made the transition to prepare for their daughter's arrival. In this episode, we'll get into setting up your finances and budget, what you need to change and update with insurance and other things, and doing a test run with the new budget. Even though our conversation is coming from a family having a stay-at-home parent, there are a lot of principles that can be used in your family for your particular situation. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. We're going to be talking about switching to becoming a one-income family. That's a big shift. It's quite a big shift. I think it's always easier to talk about something when you're going through it or have gone through it. This one's kind of live as it's happening. So <laughs> I'm learning on the fly just as just as much as, you know, sharing and teaching. Yeah, you became a father in the past year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we have a little one, four months old at home. Wow. Yeah, that's a fun time. It's always going to be shifts and changes. When you're a parent, you're always adjusting. But I wanted to talk about uh, finances, specifically about switching to one income. Not every time, but a lot of families have these conversations when they're thinking of having kids. First of all, when did you decide to make this shift? We had our discussion pretty early. I know our discussion today is right now about having a baby, but I think this decision could really flow into other life scenarios as well. I think a listener could be able to apply that to to some different scenarios and, and make the decision to go from a two to a one uh, income household. We started having our conversation pretty early in the pregnancy because we had a timeline and we knew when we were going to be expecting and be able to know when we were expecting a change. But we really got deep into formulating a plan probably about like seven months in. 
Okay. Gotcha. So it's not as simple as, okay, we're going to switch to one income. There's usually that transition period. What was that big picture plan? What was going through your mind as you're planning this transition and, and your wife's mind as well? What did it look like with savings? I know you're a saver. I think we've coined you the super saver. <laughs> First and foremost, we, you know, we wanted to make sure we were doing what was best for our daughter. We considered one, having my wife stay at home uh, mm -hmm. and, and be able to be her primary caretaker. But also we considered what would it be like if she continued to work either full-time or part-time and then maybe have in-home care. We both were opposed to sending her away and having daycare and a you know, scenario like that. We knew we kind of wanted something in home. We kind of weighed our options from there and really focused on what's best for her, what's best for her care. Ultimately, we said, we're just going to go through and do the math and kind of figure out we figure out how we can make it work and see what we'd be looking at to see what we would be entertaining. We really had two parts to our plan though. The first was to create a budget that would reflect making the switch from two incomes to one. And then we looked at a bunch of different factors because it wasn't just reworking how we were spending money. We had to look at changes in income. So it wasn't just looking at eliminating my wife's income coming into the household, but also what mine would look like after adding family members to my benefits plan. I knew my deductions would increase. So that means my take home would decrease a little bit. And I would start contributing more to my health savings account because the limit would change for me. So all of that was going to mean a smaller take home for me as well, uh, a little bit less to work with. Then I looked at the changes to the limits in our tax advantage savings. You mentioned that I'm the super saver. In every scenario that we looked at, I was not willing to sacrifice doing things like maxing out 401k and maxing out HSA contributions and IRA contributions. Like that, that had to be part of the plan. What we did is we created a couple different household bills scenarios to see what those look like, which I can get into that a little bit later. It would show what the new amount that we would need to pay all of our monthly bills, all of all mm -hmm. of the, the necessities, I would have to then change what I was putting into that account. Finally, what did all those changes mean on what's left for discretionary spending and, and our other savings, you know, the stuff that's maybe a little bit short-term. And that's where really the biggest impact was, is what's left to spend. Then the second part of the plan, and then here's what I'm really advocating for, for mm -hmm. anyone who's even considering making the switch, we tested it. And fortunately, you know, I said, it, this was based around uh, having a baby. So we had a timeline and we knew when things were going to happen for us. We decided to start following our new budget while my wife was still working and through her parental leave. So, mm -hmm. so we were able to implement our plan before we actually implemented our plan. That meant our household and our spending accounts would then reflect what we were anticipating my take home to be and what would we anticipated to be available. for? And then, so the, the neat thing there was during that time, then we now had a little bit excess savings that we were able to kind of be a little bit strategic about. And, you know, we still had her income coming in and then we had a little bit extra from mine that was reflecting the part that I hadn't yet seen the decrease on. So we put all that aside and, and we kind of used it and get ourselves prepared for you know, ultimately making the decision that she was going to stay home. She came into the marriage with a little bit of credit card debt. Mm -hmm. So we still had that to con contend with. We paid all of that off during that time. Uh, we weren't sure we were going to be able to, but once we put the plan in place, we actually found we had a little bit extra than we had anticipated. So we paid off all of her credit card debt. We made some planned furniture purchases. Now we're not worried about the things that we were going to talk about for the next few years from a furniture standpoint. We were able to go ahead and, and get those taken care of. 
Uh, and of course, obviously that we needed to get ready for the baby, getting the baby's room ready and a lot of the supplies and, and things that we knew we were going to need at least in the first six months. We got planned for that. From that, we actually still have a little bit left. So we're sitting on that and saying, okay, let's hold that aside in a separate savings account. We didn't really budget to have that, but we're able to sit and sit back and think about where we're able to use that later on. What that did is that built Mm -hmm. us into going into a two-week cycle of budgeting around what we thought our new spending limits would be and what we thought our new household budget would be. Uh, And we got used to that. We got used to that through probably four and a half, five months almost. So when we did make the decision after her maternity leave ended that she was going to stay home, we knew what it would be like. We had been living it. What was gone was the extra, but the week-to-week spending limits and household budget, that was set and, and we were able to then easily make that transition. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of things I love about that. First of all, I also agree. Test it out before you you know, make that transition, see if you can sustainably live on that new budget. We did that as well. And as you pointed out, moving to a single income, becoming a single income family doesn't necessarily have to be with kids. Usually that's one of the pivot points where a family right. makes that decision. For us, I was starting my freelance business years ago. So knowing that that can fluctuate, especially when you're starting a business for the first few years, that gave us that buffer because we had a a budget that was relying on one income. And then as you say, like if you have that extra income, you can put it towards your goals, paying down debt, saving for short and long-term goals, and then hopefully putting some aside for investing. I love that, especially in the pandemic. There's so many things changing. So it's nice to relieve some of that stress by having a, a financial cushion set aside. But I mean, I wasn't surprised with your level of detail at you, Joe. <laughs> you are the super saver. You know, there were spreadsheets involved. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So you guys seem like you were really pretty much in sync with what you wanted but I was uh, curious, besides the, the budget you mentioned, health insurance had changed. Mm-hmm. Has the issues like life insurance come up or what other changes have you noticed with your finances that you're doing to you know, prepare for this next season of life? Well, we did have to make the health insurance change. I think that was a, a, a big impact. She had her own employer plan previously and it actually had a pretty generous reimbursement component to it that really helped cover her deductibles. So she stayed on her plan through having the baby and really through the end of her employment. So that was nice that we were able to have that handle a lot of the birth and delivery and even some of the early medical expenses. But we have since switched her to my plan, but it you know, went from being an individual plan to family plan. So now that was an, an added expense. Yeah, we've we haven't really touched life insurance yet. Kept that pretty, pretty consistent. Happy with a lot, really the level of coverage that we have. One of the conversations that we've been having is I've got a term policy that isn't isn't ending soon, but isn't going to go out as far as now I would anticipate needing to. <laughs> I'm 45 now, looking at maybe in the next two years getting another term mm-hmm. plan to to overlap and then take me through to 67. So we've talked about that, but that's a couple of years off right now. You know, most of the other stuff that, that we've had to tweak is just really adapting on the fly to kind of the new situation and what we're learning as we go. Yeah, it's always a work in progress with your finances and it's gonna reflect whatever stage you're going through uh, in life. But 
you mentioned you were spending less in certain areas and spending more. Do you mind kind of going over a few of those in the budget that you've adjusted, maybe overestimated on some or under underestimated on others? Sure. We definitely underestimated on a few of them. Some of our expenses have increased. One that I really hadn't thought about too much in advance, but but have adapted to is our utility bills are are a bit higher. Not a, not a ton, but enough that, that I've noticed. Our water, our electric, our gas, they've all increased slightly. It turns out the baby likes the house a little bit warmer than I do. <laughs> no, yeah, we've, uh, we've adapted to that. Also, we're doing a lot more dishes and a lot more laundry. So, so we've seen a higher water bill. We've seen a higher gas bill. Um, even the electric's gone up a little bit. Yeah, we're doing cloth diapers. So we're doing, you know, a couple extra loads of laundry on top of just washing her clothes and all of her her things. Obviously medical bills are higher. Usually had fairly low medical bills and and didn't even come close to hitting my deductible. Now we're going to the doctor pretty regularly. So yeah, and while a lot of those are covered in our plan, there's been some that are a little bit extra. So that's been been a little higher and I, we've budgeted for that though. I, you know, certainly advocate for health savings accounts and being able to use those to cover expenses. And I had been feeding my HSA for years. So so comfortable place now where I'm not necessarily worried about having even having a, a year where there's a high number of medical bills because uh, I've planned for that. Yeah, but while we've, as I say, reduced our overall discretionary spending, mm-hmm. things for the baby are taking a bigger cut of that than what we you know would have otherwise spent on ourselves. So we're still, the, the money's the money, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just how you allocate it. There are some weeks where, you know, we, we need some extra baby items and, and yeah, that means maybe we put off a purchase for next week or something like that, but we're pretty flexible. One thing that's probably going to be down for a while is entertainment costs. (laughs) We like things like concerts and sporting events and, and really haven't spent that kind of money during the pandemic because of it, but coming out of it, we're maybe looking forward to having more entertainment options. We're really probably hitting the brakes on that for a little while, unless it's things that we can do with the baby. So I, I do anticipate our entertainment costs to be to be down for a while. But really at the end of the day, the money you have to work with is what you have to work with. So it, it's just a matter of how you decide to carve it up and allocate it. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. From one parent to another, automating those savings because you're going to be so busy with baby and your kids that it, it makes a dramatic difference. I really appreciate these tips, Joe. And I do want to mention to any listeners who are in the Raleigh-Durham area and our Coastal members, Coastals does have a you know wealth management team for these pivots in your life. That would be a great resource. I've met some on the team. Not only are they knowledgeable, but they really care about helping you align your savings, your family finances towards your goals. So if you're thinking about becoming a single income family or you're transitioning into parenthood, these are like great moments to sit with someone who's knowledgeable that can help you craft a plan that fits you. Absolutely. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer 
or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I'd like to go over a few key takeaways I picked up from my chat with Joe. The first is nail down your why and your when. The better you're able to define these, the easier it is to make a plan for this transition with income. For example, let's say that this is a short-term plan. You decide that you want to go back to school, get a degree, or get some certification. And you know that this is going to be a year where you're going to be down to one income. You might be a little more aggressive with cutting back expenses because this is temporary. On the other hand, if you think that this is going to be longer term, perhaps one of you is going to be staying home with the kids for a bit, then you're going to look for ways to cut back on your expenses still, but something that's more sustainable. Of course, as you're planning this out, make sure that you shore up your savings before you make this leap. That leads to our second takeaway. Create that budget for this transition and then do a test run. Many families I spoke to who made this transition said this was really helpful because it gave them a very clear idea of whether or not that budget that they drafted on the spreadsheet or on paper actually holds up in real life. And while you're doing a test run, you can use that extra or second income that you do have right now to build up your buffer or pay off some debts. That leads to our last one, which is limit the debt you have. Debt, especially high interest, can be really stressful, but it's even more of a burden when you're relying on one income. So if you have an opportunity as you're making this transition to lighten or eliminate some of that, go for it. Don't forget, if you are looking for extra cash in your savings and you need to revamp your budget anyway, we have a free course called 5 Days to 5K. It walks you through step-by-step on how to find, save, and earn a little extra money. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash 5K. Special thanks to Joe for being a part of this episode. And if you're in the Triangle area of North Carolina and you're looking for a better banking option, please check out Coastal Credit Union. We've been members of them for years and really love it. You can find out more information at simplifyandenjoy.com slash bankbetter. As always, I'll include a link to that as well as other resources we've mentioned over in the show notes at Simplify and Enjoy. Next week on the podcast, well, we're going on break. I'm planning for the next set of episodes right now. While I don't want to give out all the details, some topics we are going to be covering, travel, digital security, and how to make investing easier if you're thinking about financial independence. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Even though the podcast is going on a break, we still have a lot going on. On the site, I'm going to have new articles, videos coming up. But if you're in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, Joe from Stacking Benjamins is stopping by here for his book tour, and I'll be joining him. We'll be at Lone Rider Brewery at Five Points on March 22nd at 6.30. Tickets are free. I'll have all the information and details in the show notes on Simplify and Enjoy. I'd love for you to say hi and catch up.
Our theme was by Staircases, with additional music by various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, I want to say thank you, not just for listening, but being a part of the community. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.